The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D-printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D-printed collectibles this side of home plate. Welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch, your source for no-nonsense, unfiltered baseball talk. And now, let's play ball! 8th Inning Stretch uh, with AJ and Carson. Carson, what's up, buddy? What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Uh, first first and foremost, just want to uh, say I hope everybody had a good uh, Mother's Day on sunday and you were able to spend it with your mom or your mother-in-law or uh you know somebody that's just you or even someone who you consider to be a motherly figure i uh, hope you all were able to to celebrate the holiday and uh shout out to all the moms out there yeah huge shout out to all the moms and uh yeah like carson said all the all of you out there who you know might act as a you know a mom figure uh, to somebody, uh, you guys are the real MVPs. Um, yeah, seriously. Hope everybody had an awesome day with their moms. Um, I know I had an awesome day. Carson, did you do anything fun with your mom for Mother's Day? Yeah, we got to go out to uh, to brunch as a family, and then we we gave her some uh, some gifts, and then uh, to conclude the day, we got to uh, watch the Wild Blues. So that was fun. Oh man, they couldn't even win on Mother's Day. Nope. Ugh, but, that's crappy. But I don't. I don't even want to get started on that rabbit hole because <laughs> I could. I could go for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it's a good thing this isn't a hockey show. Um, yes, it is. Although I do, I do want to go a little bit uh, off topic before we get started. I do want to talk about. Um, uh, I'm excited. the uh, The NFL regular season schedule was released today, so um, that's always exciting. Yes, it is. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but seeing as you are a Boston guy, I would presume you're a Patriots fan. Uh, you would be correct, sir. See you on Thanksgiving, bud. Oh, Vikings and Pats on Thanksgiving, huh? Yep, we got the prime time slot, seven twenty. That should be a fun game. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling about your Vikings, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn stoked uh, for the Patriots this year. Um, they've made some, they've made some solid moves this offseason. So, um, yeah, I mean, from from a Vikings standpoint, I'd say I'm kind of lukewarm on the team. Like, I'm trying not to have my expectations too high, but with Devontae Adams out of the division, it's wide open, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even – is Kirk Cousins still with the Vikings? Yes, he is. Okay. I always liked him. I've always been a fan. 
I do uh, too. Even back to his uh, back to his college days, I've always been a fan. And not so much then, because I didn't want to see him torch my Gophers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, right now, people are tuning in and going, "Why the fuck are these guys talking about football?" Um, <laughs> you know, we are obviously primarily a baseball show. However, um. You know, every once in a while, sports. We do, yeah. We're both, we're both huge sports fans, and so, you know what? We're allowed to get, we're allowed to get sidetracked every now and again. Uh, with that said, um, football season is still a ways away, so we're still very much in the, uh, we're still, and and baseball season hasn't even really gotten going yet. We haven't even, you know, we're still early on in baseball season. Um, but, uh, we finally got our first no hitter, um, and I apologize if I butcher his name, Reed Detmers, uh, Carson, get a load of this kid, 22 year old rookie throws 108 pitchers, one walk. So for those of you keeping score at home, that means he was only one batter shy of a perfect game uh only two strikeouts um got a lot of ground ball and fly bat fly ball outs um he made his his defense uh uh the defense behind him the angels defense definitely earned their paychecks in this game uh but it's the first no hitter of 2022 um pretty pretty exciting stuff yeah absolutely and uh when when detmers came out in the i believe he was a 2020 draft class member um i i yes. liked him from i liked him from the start so uh it was it was pretty cool to to look and see that he got the the first uh solo no hitter of the year because i mean combined no hitters i guess are no hitters but i think they're stupid but yes, they are anyway but yeah awesome. yeah i agree uh but awesome for detmers to to go out and especially being a rookie to get a no hitter, I think that makes that feat even more impressive. Like this is kind of your first time facing major league batting and to get a no hitter is incredible. I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, the angels defense certainly earned their paychecks and uh, man, this angels team has kind of come out of nowhere and is really dominating the AL West right now. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, this Angels team is is scary good. Um, I can't think of. I know I sure as hell didn't think they were going to be this good, and I, I don't think a lot of people did. Um, yeah, I did. I did just do some fact checking. Detmers was actually uh, he was initially drafted in 2017 uh, by the Braves um, when he was still in high school, and then uh obviously didn't come out then uh played his college ball at the university of uh, louisville um and when he was drafted in 2020 by the angels so um yeah this kid is wow uh throwing a no hitter throwing a no hitter is no small feat um obviously and like carson said uh Y'all can just fuck off with these combined no-hitter, you know, with this combined no-hitter bullshit. A no-hitter is one pitcher. One. Not 
two, not three, not four, not a, a whole pitching staff combining uh, to um, to throw a no hitter. That's just that's it's, it doesn't count. Um, so for a 22 year old rookie to come out and throw a no hitter, uh, just wow. Holy shit, talk about impressive. And oh, by the way, the Angels won the game 12 to nothing. So, I mean, Carson, this wasn't even one of those, like, you know, uh, squeakers of a no hitter where it was like, you know, one nothing, two nothing. Yeah. Dave Roberts should take notes. <laughs> nice. Um, yes, yes, he should. Um, <laughs> Uh, for those who missed it, uh, Dave Roberts, of course, pulled the plug a few weeks ago uh, when Clayton Kershaw was in the midst of a no of um, I'm sorry, not a no hitter. He was in the midst of a perfect game, um, and uh, Dave Roberts pulled the plug. And Carson, I don't have it right in front of me, but do you remember what the score was when when Roberts pulled Kershaw? I believe it was something at that point. I believe it was maybe three to nothing, four to nothing. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a blowout like this, but it was, you know, it was a comfortable lead. Um, you guys should do yourselves a favor and uh, uh, go back and listen to that episode. Because um, Carson and I had, well... We had thoughts about Dave Roberts pulling the plug on Clayton Kershaw. Um, but we finally got our first no-hitter of the year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just another – this is really just another uh, awesome moment and another, you know, uh, just really, really great achievement for this absolutely red-hot Angels team. Um Carson, I don't think either one of us expected them to be this good. Uh, no, I, uh, we both, I, I'm pretty sure we both had them finishing third uh, in the ALS behind both uh, the Astros and uh, your quote unquote uh, uh, Mariners. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, they they currently sit half a game behind the Astros, who. By the way, shout out to the Astros. 10-game winning streak on the mm. um, But, yeah, they have been a very competitive ball club. And uh, currently, they, them and the Astros are the only teams in that division, by the way, that are above 500. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually just, uh, just pulled up the standings here in front of me. Well, I think it's safe to say that the Astros have, uh, well, they're playing like their old selves again, unfortunately. Against my twins. Great. Yeah. Um, your first place twins, uh, I might add. AJ, I had to watch Nick Gordon pitch today. That's how bad this <laughs> is getting. My God. Yeah. Well, they're in first place for now. Um, they're the only team in the AL Central that's above 500. Um uh, but seriously, the Angels, um, this just, this is the kind of thing that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy all over because, and Carson, you and I have talked about it before, but uh, Mike Trout 
uh, Mike Trout has never participated in the playoffs. And uh, assuming, you know, the Angels are able to, you know, play this well all year, we'll finally get to see Mike Trout in playoffs. And, oh, by the way, that will also mean we'll get to see Shohei Otani, uh, the two-way uh, the two-way superstar uh, in the playoffs. It's just, it continues to blow my mind how the best player in the game right now has never made the postseason. Just insane and absolute travesty that this man has never made the postseason, Mike Trout. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, he's been in... And, and it's not like, I mean, you know, well, I'm going to... I'm going to rely on our old uh, our old friend here, Baseball Reference. Uh, shout out Baseball Reference. Shout out Baseball Reference. Um, because I'm curious. So Mike Trout's rookie season was 2011. Is that right? Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, okay, so this man, arguably the best player in baseball, in all of baseball. Uh, Yeah, he's in his 11th season. Well, 12, yeah. His 11th season. He's been playing since 2011. Um, Has never made the playoffs. Has never been in the playoffs. Meanwhile, he's racked up all these individual accolades. Rookie of the Year, All-Star, American League MVP, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on and on and on but never in the playoffs. So uh, I don't know about you, Carson, but my fingers and toes are crossed that the Angels keep playing this well and that uh, we get to see two of the best players on the planet uh, in the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. They they deserve to be there. I want to see them there. The sport needs them to be there. Yeah, that would be, yeah, agreed. That would be huge for baseball. And I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I kind of feel like, um, uh, how do I want to, I feel like this Angels team, um, I feel like they're, 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 I feel like they're the kind of team where, like, you know, if your team, you know, if your favorite team doesn't make the playoffs or gets knocked out of the playoffs early, I feel like this Angels team is the kind of team that, you could really, you know, you could, as a fan, you could really get behind and cheer for them once your team is is out of the, you know, out of the running. Um, I don't. Maybe that's just me, but no, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. The as much as I hate to make this comparison because in multiple ways these two organizations are very different, but also saddeningly similar. The oh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are the Cleveland Browns of Major League Baseball. They are the they have been the lovable losers for so long with guys that you want to see in the postseason. For the mm. Browns, I think uh, Joe Thomas immediately comes to mind for me. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, you know, you have Mike Trout for the Angels. Both of their ownerships are meh at best. Uh, their general managers have the uh, – have the track record to make some stupid moves and not be able to build around their superstars. But, um, but yeah, they're kind of the lovable underdog. And uh, like you said, fingers and toes crossed that they make the postseason. Yeah, I think it's, that's a, that's a great comparison, by the way, the Cleveland Browns. Well, uh, nothing, so nothing very much lovable about the Cleveland Browns anymore. 
um, given the events of this past off this off season. Um, looking at you, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Angels have sort of uh, taken over the spot that my that my beloved Boston Red Sox used to occupy. You know, the lovable losers and couldn't catch a break. Um, couldn't you know? Obviously, uh, the Red Sox struggles in the playoffs, well documented pre two thousand four. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like the Angels have um, the Angels have kind of slid into that spot. And if I could make a baseball to an apples to apples baseball to baseball comparison, I would put them. I would compare them with the Chicago Cubs pre twenty sixteen. You know, I mean, again, there's another team. They hadn't won a World Series in, you know, 100 plus years. Um, And then, man, I got to tell you, when 2016 rolled around and the Cubs were playing well and uh, I I don't remember. uh, I don't remember exactly how my Red Sox were doing that year, but I seem to remember they were they were kind of they were struggling. And so. I basically kind of, you know, latched onto the Cubs and was like, all right, let's 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 fucking get this done. Let's win the World Series. Let's break that goddamn curse. Um, so. But uh, anyways, um, huge, huge congratulations to Reed Detmers uh, for the um, kind of sort of unconventional no hitter. Um, not a lot of strikeouts. Um, usually with a no hitter, you see, uh, you know, guys pile up the strikeouts, but I mean, Hey, he got it done. Uh, they won the game. I guess that's all that matters. Um, so shout out to Reed Detmers, shout out to the, uh, LA angels, um, of the California Los Angeles angels of Anaheim angel. I don't know. I don't even, I don't know whatever name they're. (laughs) Whatever name they're going by this week. Um, I remember when they were the California Angels. Um, that may predate you, Carson. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was not alive for that. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember exactly when they changed their name to the LA Angels. Um, but I remember when they were the California Angels. Um Speaking of angels, if you guys, if you lovely folks are looking for a good baseball movie to watch, uh, highly, highly recommend Angels in the Outfield, uh, which features the then California Angels. Um, Carson, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've seen Angels in the Outfield a time or ten. Absolutely, I mean, couldn't echo what you said anymore. Fantastic movie, ten out of ten recommend. Uh, for any baseball fan out there, just a just a great movie in general. Yeah, uh, that was when <laughs> that was from the time when Disney uh, Disney was just churning out great sports movies at the time. Um, and Angels in the Outfield is one of them. So anyways, uh, there we go again. Getting no, you know what? That's not sidetracked because we were talking about the Angels. Um yeah, let's uh, let, let's take our first break. Uh, when we come back, uh, Josh Naylor goes absolute beast mode for the team known 
formerly known as the Cleveland Indians, uh, and later on, uh, ugh, boy, more umpire drama. This one was a doozy, uh, and I'm going to take back all the nice things I said about Rob Manfred on our last episode. Uh, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning stretch.wixsite.com slash podcast. AJ and Carson uh, into our middle segment, the middle part of the show here. And we're talking about Josh Naylor of the team formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Sorry, I still can't bring myself to say Cleveland Guardians. Um, Carson, this dude went full beast mode uh, against the White Sox on Tuesday. He drove in eight runs. That's eight. After the seventh inning of Tuesday's game against the White Sox to lift the Indian. Yeah, I said it. Fuck it. The Indians to a 12-9 win. Uh, This is fucking this is this dude is a beast. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Josh Naylor. That was uh, I I think it's safe to say he nailed that performance. Uh, Nice. I'm a big pun guy, so get get used to that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, my goodness, it feels like he just kind of came out of nowhere. It feels like this Guardians team has kind of come out of nowhere and is actually kind of starting to put themselves in contention in the central. But can we also talk about what a massive choke job this was by the White Sox? Like, yeah. They're in trouble. Like, Liam Hendricks has not looked himself lately. And, I mean, he's he served that ball up to Naylor, too. Like That thing was right in Naylor's wheelhouse, and he just said, okay, bye-bye, baseball. Like, Hendricks has not looked himself, and if he's not looking himself, that's, that's big for this White Sox team because we all know what Hendricks can do. He's one of the best closers in the game right now. But if he can't get out of this little funk that he's been in to start the year where he's looked good and then bad and then good and then bad, they're they're going to have issues later on down the line. Uh, yeah, I think um, we can pretty much all agree that the White Sox are not living up to the preseason hype. Uh, I mean, pff, this team was one of the favorites uh, picked by many of the quote-unquote experts. Uh, to win the AL Central, and here they are sitting at 500, um, behind Carson's, uh, behind Carson's twins. Um, but before I go too far off the rails, picking on the White Sox, uh, somebody bearing a striking resemblance to myself, uh, during our prediction Magic Eight Ball episode said, and I quote myself here, don't sleep on Cleveland because they're a scrappy team and they have Terry Francona at the helm. And I witnessed firsthand as a Red Sox fan what that man can do uh, with a with a baseball team. Um, okay, 
granted, Francona, the two the two World Series titles he won in Boston. Granted, both of those teams were pretty well stacked. Um, I would make the argument that those Red Sox teams were more stacked than, obviously, than this current Cleveland team. But, however, uh, let us not forget that the 2004 Red Sox, even though that team was just stupid, just overflowing with super with with superstar talented players uh let us not forget that the 2004 red sox team went down three games to nothing against the yankees when the yankees were still you know the dreaded yankees not so much anymore uh went down oh three in the alcs to the dreaded yankees um most teams would have just packed it in and been like, oh, well, pff, that's us done. Game over. Um, but Mr. Terry Francona found a way to motivate that team and uh, inspire them to stage the greatest comeback in the history of sports. Yeah, I know you're all going, well, of course he's going to say that. He's a Red Sox fan, but come on. Um, anyways, back, back to Cleveland. Um I'm telling you, don't sleep on the Guardians. Um, Carson, do you think... Uh, um, oh, yeah, one last quick note about Josh Naylor's performance. So he had the eight runs driven in, eight RBIs after the seventh inning. Uh, he hit a game-tying grand slam. Yeah, you heard me right. A grand slam, a game-tying grand slam in the ninth, and then the game-winning homer in the 11th. And I think, Carson, the home the one where you said Hendricks just served up the tater to him was the, was the, the grand slam in the ninth, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, he just, I mean, he just kind of lobbed it up there. Uh, I would imagine Josh Naylor's eyes lit up when he saw that ball coming, when he saw that pitch coming to home plate. Um, but, uh, I don't know about you, but I think this could, this could be the kind of win that, you know, that gets a team on a, you know, gets a team on a winning streak. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, especially right now, honestly, I think the AL Central is very much wide open. Um, the Twins yep. have been on a little bit of a losing streak as of late. Uh, they have not looked good when playing the Astros, who, you know, obviously the Astros are the Astros still. Mm. But, um, you know, the, the Twins have got some injury issues going on themselves right now. Like today, Chris Paddock just got transferred to the 60-day IL. Sounds like he might need Tommy John. Um, uh, Carlos Correa was out for that Houston series. Byron Buxton was out for parts of the that Houston series. Like we've we've got some health issues going on going on here in the land of 10,000 lakes. So um, you know this division could be wide open with with our injury issues. Chicago's been struggling a little bit. Who knows? The Guardians might just. Uh, come up and sneak attack the division from behind and catapult their way up. Yeah. Uh, that AL central, I'm just, I'm looking at the standings right now. Um, wow. Uh, that AL central is a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. Yikes. Uh, Carson's twins are the only team currently sitting above the 500 mark, uh, 18 and 14. They're game and a half up on the white Sox, two games up on the guardians. Um, but the Guardians, 
seven and three in their last ten, uh, which is you know that's that's respectable. Um, I've just I've seen I've seen teams do this before. I've seen it so many times before where a team will get you know, and I know. I can hear you all out there. I know it's still early. I know it's only May, but, and it's probably a bit early to talk about, uh, you know, turning points and like key wins and all this other stuff. But I mean, I've seen it so many times before where a team will get, you know, a hard earned come from behind win like this. Um, and it just, and, and it just sparks them. It just, you know, it's it sets them it sets them on a hot streak on a winning streak and next thing you know they're uh you know winning the division especially you know messy division like the AL Central. Um, uh, Carson, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we did not. Uh, we were off Sunday, obviously. Um, but this Guardians White Sox game uh wasn't the only uh recent ridiculous comeback um were you lucky enough to catch that Mets Phillies game that was absolutely wild like I I still am almost in shock by it I mean I remember watching I got a chance to watch some of the reaction videos too from from Mets fans on social media and just looking at their their Twitter feeds and things like that from going oh my god we're about to get clobbered by the Phillies to pure jubilation of like, oh my God, how did we just come back? I'm even in awe of this team. We're going to the World Series, baby. Let's go. And it was just it was just one of those one of those moments where you're just kind of sitting there and because me being the pessimist I am apparently is kind of just like how do the Phillies choke this this badly? Yeah. Um, for anyone who 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 doesn't know what we're talking about, if you've been living under a rock for the last week, um, <laughs> the Mets were down seven nothing, seven nothing in the ninth inning. Um, I don't know how good your math is, but uh, in order to win, they needed to score eight runs in a half inning, which uh, hasn't. It, well, I mean, it basically it doesn't happen. Um, that kind of thing used to happen back in the uh, not so golden days of the steroid era, um, when you know players the size of Mack trucks were you know hitting grand slams like they were hitting singles. Um, it doesn't happen anymore. It just doesn't. The games changed. The games evolved. Um, but the Mets were like, you know what, we got this. Uh, and they, they scored eight runs, eight unanswered runs to beat the Phillies. Um, and uh, naturally Mets fans went absolutely nuts. Um, and I think that I looked at, I, I looked at that and I went, huh, that's the kind of win that can really get a team rolling and, um, yeah, watch out for the Mets. Um, they were one of the preseason, you know, favorites and, um, yeah, I mean, they've had some injury issues and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, watch out for the Mets, um, and watch out for the guardians. Um, 
We are going to take a break in a second. Before we move on, uh, before we take a break, I, I just want to backtrack for a minute. Carson, we were talking about the White Sox, um, and you said that uh, you were talking about Liam Hendricks. He's kind of been all over the place. Um, the White Sox are not exactly living up to expectations so far. Uh, they're a, they're playing 500 baseball, um, and they've had all kinds of problems, all kinds of injury problems, and all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, time to hit the panic button on the south side of Chicago. You know, it's tough to, you know, again, um, disclaimer, we know it's early. We know we're not even like halfway through May yet, but honestly, for me, yeah, I I think it's time to hit the panic button a little bit here. Um, first and foremost, um, I urge all White Sox fans to paste Monty Grandal's face on the side of every milk carton and see if you can figure out where this man is. Because his bat, he apparently has uh, suffered the catcher decline and has suffered it in a very big way this season. He has not been hitting well at all. And when he's getting paid the kind of money that he's getting paid, like that's got to cause White Sox fans frustration, panic. You name the emotion, they probably have it when it comes to Yasmani Grandal, as much as I may love the player. Yeah, I'm now I just have this image in my head of a milk carton with Yasmani Grandal's picture saying, Have you seen this man? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it's definitely time to hit the panic button if you're a White Sox fan. Uh, they're one of these, there are several teams that are underachieving based on preseason expectations. Uh, my Red Sox for one, the White Sox, the Mariners. Um, I mean, there's just, you know, we could make a whole list, but, um, yeah, White Sox fans, uh, yeah, I'd be, I would be concerned. I would be, I would be freaking out a little bit if I was a White Sox fan. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. I guess we, I guess we'll see if they can, you know, straight get 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 things turned around and, and you know, right the ship and get back on track and all those other played out tired old cliches. Um yeah. Uh so we're going to take our final break. Uh when we come back, uh here we go again. More umpire drama um in Major League Baseball. Uh, but the key difference with this incident is the other incidents that we've talked about in the last couple, you know, uh, that we've talked about recently have been kind of a, uh, there's been some gray area between who was right and who was wrong. Uh, this one is black and white, crystal clear, um, who was wrong in this instance. And then, uh, last episode, I had some very nice things to say about Rob Manfred, um, and I'm about to take them all back because he, as he always does, he stepped in it again. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to Dave Vinning Stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be right back. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighthinningstretch.wixsite.com slash podcast. Uh, into our third and final segment, uh, and more umpire drama in Major League Baseball. Um, 
Now, there have obviously been some other more some other incidents recently. Recently, there was uh, Angel Hernandez and his epic uh, his epic showdown with Nick Castellano. Or not Nick Castellanos. I'm sorry, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, and then there was the uh, Madison Bumgarner incident. Umpires, umpires, Carson have not. Um, well, it's not been a good year for umpires, has it? Um, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a. I'm trying to be. I'm attempting bad. to be diplomatic for a moment because I'm about to go full rant mode here. Fair enough. Um, but. To be fair, in both of those incidents, well, maybe not so much the Angel Hernandez Kyle Schwarber thing because Angel Hernandez is, well, I'll just say it once an asshole, always an asshole. Um, the Madison Bumgarner thing, it was a little, I think you'd agree that there was a little bit more gray area there. Yeah, there there definitely was because you know, like we talked about in that in uh, in our last episode, we don't really know what was said. Um, you know, we don't really know what that conversation was, but um, it's it's really interesting to see how many stories we've had to talk about with with umpires this year. I think it's you know it's been a real problem. I think in baseball for quite some time, but. I don't know if the player's conduct has to change, the umpire's conduct has to change, or both, but something's got to be done about this sooner rather than later. Yeah, there seems to be this year, whether it's blown calls or missed calls or, uh, you know, ejecting players. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's been a disproportionate amount of stories about umpires this year. Uh, umpires are supposed to be seen, not heard. Um you don't, you just, it's just a fact. You don't get these, you don't get these kind of incidents and these kind of stories in the other major sports. You just don't. Um, so I don't know what the hell is going on with the major league baseball umpires this year, but um, on to the most recent uh, incident. Um, this was Tuesday's game between the Blue Jays and the bleh, Yankees. Um Blue Jays reliever, again, a thousand apologies. I'm going to butcher this poor man's name. I think it's Yimmy Garcia. I don't know. I'm going to go with that. Um, anyway, he came into Tuesday's game. Uh, he gave up a game-tying home run to the Yankees, and then Josh Donaldson comes up to the plate. Um, and the second pitch of the at-bat, Garcia hit Donaldson. Donaldson, of course, freaks out. Um, and home plate umpire, and who was also the crew chief for this game, Alfonso Marquez, tossed Garcia. Um, and then after the game, he told Marquez told reporters that he threw Garcia out because he thought Garcia hitting Donaldson was intentional. Carson, in what fucking universe? Is it intentional for a pitcher to hit a guy after giving up a game-tying home run? Well, to, to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, um, I guess I do, in a way, see where Marquez is coming from in terms of it could have just been frustration 
and he lost control of the pitch. But possible. Even that, even that I think is a stretch as far as intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually get to see the pitch, but I would assume it was just it didn't look like it was going straight for Donaldson. I would assume it would be something that he might have just lost control on. I mean, could it have been that he was going to be like, oh, I'm super frustrated about giving this up this game-tying home run, so I'm going to hit Josh Donaldson? Sure. I mean, I don't know what would be going through Yimi Garcia's head in that instance, but, um, I mean, I guess I can kind of see it from Marquez's point of view, but, man, that just, I don't know. Something, something about that is just still a little, for lack of a better term, weird for me in terms of his explanation. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, always insightful Carson. Um, Carson's kind of the, he's the yin to my, he's the yin to my yang here. He, uh, uh, Carson, you always see things a little, you always, you, you're always able to see things a little more clearly and a little more, uh, we, we you balance, we balance each other out um, because I'm ready. You know, I saw this, I saw this thing happen and I was, you know, even watching it, I was ready to, you know, just go full, just go full on after Alfonso Marquez. Um, that being said, it's in, I will entertain the possibility that Yimmy Garcia uh, was frustrated and, you know, but even, even if, even if he meant to hit Donaldson, which I don't think he did, because the pitch to me looked like it just got away from him, which, let's be honest, it happens. Um, now, whether it got away, whether he lost control for a minute because he was frustrated, yada yada, whatever, we could sit here all night and and you know, um, pick that apart. Even if, even if he meant to hit Donaldson, uh, it wasn't a. From where I was sitting, it wasn't a. It wasn't an ejectable offense. It was at most a warning. Um, I mean, what happened to the days where umpires would warn guys before they tossed them? Now they're just tossing them. Um, this it was just it was ridiculous. What? But to be fair, what sparked the ejection between was a combination of Garcia hitting Donaldson, and then, uh, so Garcia hits Donaldson, Marquez tosses him. Uh, Garcia and, and the Blue Jays pitching coach Pete Walker argued against the ejection and Walker was also ejected. And Carson, this is where, this is where I have a problem with it. One, Marquez could have warned Garcia or to be fair, he could have warned both dugouts like they used to do. I don't know why umpires don't do that anymore, but this is where I have an issue with this thing. He could have given, he could have, he should have warned he should have issued a warning first. Uh, and then you're going to toss the pitching coach? Come on. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think, um, you know, I think at most this probably should have deserved a warning based on how you were kind of describing it. I mean, um, for for me, I think a first, like a first time ejection instead of a warning 
should be only for cases that are ex- that is that it is extremely clear that this was the intent was to either hit or try to hit this guy. Mm-hmm. And from from what you're saying, it just sounds like potentially the pitch just got away from him. But again, it could have just been a thing of uh, Garcia potentially getting frustrated combined with a lack of control. Could be one, could be the other. We don't know. But for whatever reason in Marquez's mind, this was enough intent to eject Garcia. And I mean, if you're going to argue the call, sorry, Pete Walker, there's a good chance you're probably going to get tossed. That's just kind of how baseball and a lot of other work. You argue the call, there's a good chance you're probably going to get tossed. Um. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what the hell is going on with the umpires this year. I I really don't. Um, I don't ever remember, ever, and I've been watching baseball a long time. Uh, I don't ever remember this many incidents, never mind it a season, in an entire 162-game season in playoffs. I don't remember there being this many incidents with umpires in a full season. Never mind within the first month and a half. Um, ugh. Rob Manfred, if you're listening, get your shit together and get your umpires to get their shit together because this is getting ridiculous. Um, anyways. Um, speaking of Mr. Rob Manfred, <clears throat> seamless segue. Um, on our last episode, I had some very nice things to say about Rob Manford, which uh, any of you who listen to the show with any regularity will know I am no great fan of Mr. Rob Manford. Um, I think he's an idiot. I think he's one of the worst commissioners in all of pro sports. But every once in a while, he has a he has a moment where he does he gets something right and does the right thing blind nut finding a squirrel broken clock right twice a day and all that sort of thing um on our last episode we talked about the way he handled the trevor bauer situation do yourself a favor pause and go listen to that real quick and then come back um and i had some very nice things to say about the way he handled that because i think he handled it very well and now this uh carson rob manfred says he'd love and that's a direct quote to see a major league baseball team in London before the end of the decade. Um, is he sniffing glue or has he been hanging out with Roger Goodell too much? Yeah, I don't really know what he's thinking on this one. Um, for, for me again, like I like to try and see things from both sides and from, from Manfred's perspective, Obviously, the the game of baseball, I think we both know and all of our audience knows, the game of baseball has a marketing problem. Uh, It does not market well in the United States, let alone in the world. Um, And I think that this is a similar thing as we talked about way back when on one of our episodes with the uh, proposed home run derby with a bunch of like players Mm -hmm. like... uh, Former players. Former players who I don't even remember their names. That's how well that idea sounded. Um, But this is kind of the same type of thing to me where it's it's a good idea in 
in its foundation of wanting to market to because the the United Kingdom is a great sports market. Yes. Uh, the, yes, it the is. NFL, the NFL games that go over there do remarkably well. They have great fan bases over there. Yep. But for the NFL, it's a little bit easier because you play once a week. Mm-hmm. For Major League Baseball, that's a difficult schedule to try and have to try and maintain, especially considering, I mean, the time changes that you'd have to go through. And, mm-hmm. you know, let's not forget baseball is a 162 game season with many series coming basically back to back to back with not a lot of days off. You know, you go, you go to London for a few games for a series. You come back to the States to play. I don't know. Let's just toss out the Dodgers as an example. That jet lag is going to be killer. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to get out of bed, let alone play a full game of baseball. Nope. Like, like, but yeah, like I said, I think it's, the the concept of marketing over to that fan base is a good idea. I just don't know how well it works with the major league baseball schedule. Um, so for anybody who missed who might have missed it, uh, Major League Baseball announced, I don't know, I think it was a couple of days ago now. Um so it could have been a week ago for when you're listening to this. Uh we're all stuck in a time warp, basically. Um I'll resist the urge to burst into song. Um, uh, Major League Baseball announced that regular season games are going to be played in London next year, uh, 2023, 2024, and 2026. 2025, well, fuck you, I guess. Um, I don't know what that's all about, but whatever. Um, fair warning. I have, there are, (laughs) there are sports I have opinions about sports and I have opinions about when professional leagues and I'm talking about the major, you know, the four major, the MLB, NBA, NHL, and uh, NFL. When they schedule regular season games outside of the United States, it fucking drives me nuts. And here's why. You are a fan Say you're a fan of the, oh, I don't know. Uh, let's go, let's pick a team that we normally don't talk about. Uh, you're a fan of the, you're a fan of the Florida Marlins. I don't know. Miami Marlins. Sorry, 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 sorry. Miami Marlins. I still can't get used to that. You're always, you always be the Florida Marlins. You're a fan of the Miami Marlins. And you have doled out your hard-earned money to go see your beloved Miami Marlins play at that fantastic stadium in Miami, I might add. Uh, It's at the top of my list of Major League Baseball stadiums to visit, by the way. Um, You have doled out your hard-earned money to go see your beloved Miami Marlins play a series against, oh, I don't know, the Atlanta Braves. Let's make it a division rivalry. Why not? You're you're you've you've got your tickets. You're all ready to go, and then uh oh, here comes Rob Manfred and announces that that series that you've shelled out your hard-earned bucks for is now going to be played in fucking London. Um, disclaimer: 
we're not picking on London. We're not slamming London. London is an amazing place, and uh, the 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 sports fans there are are some of the best in the world. This isn't a slight against London, but taking away regular season games from from fans who are spending their hard earned money to go see their team, Carson, it just oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, it's it's got to be hard for for fans of of these teams to not be able to see potentially these marquee series. But, I mean, let's be honest here. I think the smart move for baseball would be to go with some of these bigger market teams anyway to go over sure. their games. I don't think it would be smart to send like a Miami or a, heck, even a Minnesota Twins for, for that matter. Um, you know, it'll, I think it should be a smattering of, you know, Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, all of those kind of bigger American markets. Yeah. Those those are going to be, those are the teams that have the best players. Those are the teams that end up having the most money. Those are the teams that are going to draw the most fans because let's be honest, those teams are stacked with superstar power. Mm-hmm. Even if uh, one of them may not be doing so hot right now, but we won't get into that. I'll I'll save you that drama. <sighs> um, but I think it would just be smarter to get some of those bigger market teams over there anyway to start with, and then once you grow your fan base, then maybe start considering picking those lower level or those mid to lower market teams. Because, right. like you said, it doesn't make sense for a Miami Marlins series to go to London. Mm-hmm. It it just doesn't make sense to me but for for teams like maybe a dodger like maybe a dodgers uh mets series that'd be a series i'd be okay seeing in london that would be sick yeah um yeah you're spot on i mean obviously these regular season games that we're talking about they're not going to be yeah they're going to be the big name teams the ones that are going to draw the most fans um and i i i in all fairness i will say that if if there is going if you're gonna have as one of the four major sports leagues, if you're gonna have regular season games scheduled outside the US, like the NFL does, and now baseball is getting into that, baseball is probably the best sport to do that because you've got 162 games. Um, and that means you've got as a fan, you have 81 chances to see your team play at home. So it's not quite as bad as the NFL taking away home game when you only have, you know, Jesus, what, 16, 17 games? I don't even know anymore because they changed it. But um, that, and I will not, I promise I will not go off on Roger Goodell, even though he's a fucking idiot. Um, But we're talking about the cursor. We're talking about these marquee teams. Uh, So I guess it's probably a good thing that and uh, the teams and, and dates and everything haven't been announced for these London games yet. But hopefully Rob Manfred is smarter than Roger, Roger Goodell and isn't going to put baseball's equivalent of the Jacksonville Jaguars in London to play a regular season games. Yeah, I mean, like like I've kind of talked about at the start of this uh, portion of the segment, baseball has a marketing problem right now as it is. Yes, they I do. Don't, I don't think you can send over a lower market team Mm-mm. like a like a Miami Marlins. I hate to keep using them as an example, <laughs> but let's be honest. You 
you know, right now the market isn't great for baseball. Um, right. Cause, you know, they don't really have that star power aside from Jazz Chisholm. And even then, you know, a few games into the season on Twitter, he, he was on Twitter complaining about his playing time. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you got to send as much star power over there as you can, send the big markets, send the teams with the superstars, send whoever your best players are, send them over to London, get mm-hmm. that face exposed to the game first, make make a solid foundation for that fan base to build off of, then start sending your more mid mid market teams, your lower market teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as far as Manfred's idiotic idea which i swear he ripped off from roger goodell uh hey rob stop ripping pages out of roger goodell's playbook uh this idea of a team permanently based in london just no fucking no that's a stupid idea it's a logistical nightmare I mean, like Carson said before, imagine if you're the L.A. Dodgers and you have to go to London for four games and then turn around and come back to the States and play on the West Coast again. Just no. Stupid, stupid idea. They need to leave it the hell alone. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, this edition of uh, Rob Manfred Sucks. Um Seriously, though, worst. We, and, and Carson, we might have talked about this before, but um, Rob Manford, uh, the, where does Rob Manford rank in terms of the four major pro sports commissioners for you? For me, he's last. Worse than Goodell. Yes, because he has... While, while I'm not a huge fan of Goodell in terms of a lot of things, he hasn't managed to absolutely kill the sport of football. Rob Manfred, for me, is solely responsible for killing the sport of baseball. That's fair. I mean, we almost had a, you know, well, we did have a lockout under, under Manfred. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think Goodell and Manfred are... They're like three and three A for me. They're they're pretty even in terms of how much they suck. Um, and obviously Adam Silver is just like the gold standard for sports commissioners. So, um, anyways, uh, that brings us to parting thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Carson, there are some blockbuster games on Friday. We've got the Blue Jays and the Rays, the Padres and the Braves. The Indians, sorry, God damn it, Guardians and the White Sox, and the Giants in the and the Cardinals. Um, I don't know about you, but I think those all four of those games are are must watch. Yeah, I will uh, definitely be looking forward to seeing this. Uh, the Cleveland and uh, Chicago, because I mean we already talked about, you know how one of those games went. Mm-hmm. But um will certainly be interesting. Um, another series that I'll be watching, just because I'm a troll that way, <laughs> Red Sox and Rangers. Ugh. Especially because uh, one of my favorite pitchers ever, Nick Pavetta, is going to be starting, apparently, for the Red Sox. Ew. No, thank you. Nope. Um, Hard pass. 
Um, if you're a fan of teams that are rebuilding, go watch the Orioles and Tigers, I guess. But the oh boy. I'm also in front of the Red Sox, so I don't really know what that says. But um, um, and you then just also, couldn't help yourself, could you? No, I'm sorry. But yeah. also, the the Guardians will also uh, open a series with the Twins uh, this weekend. Ooh. I think it'll be a huge series for us because uh, I think Cleveland's going to come in looking to looking to uh, really stake their claim to the Central. And if our if we don't have Correa and Buxton back, I think we could be definitely in some trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Of course, you know, I was going to watch no matter what what team we were facing, but uh, I think having it be the Guardians gives us a little bit more uh, added pressure for the Twins. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's going to be a fun series to watch. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's a, it's a division, it's a divisional matchup, and those are always, those are, arguably more important in baseball than they are in any other of the major sports. Um, well, the NBA basically doesn't even use divisions anymore. So I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, if that, uh, if that, if that, who did you say it was the Orioles and the Tigers? Yeah. Yeah. If that was a, if that was an NBA game, that would be two teams fighting for a lottery pick. Um, so, but who knows? Maybe it'll turn out to be a, sometimes those, sometimes the games, you know, I don't know. I do this sometimes. I'll look at the, you know, the schedule of the slate of games and I'll go, oh, that's a shitty game. Um, but sometimes those shitty games turn out to be some of the best ones. Um, out of these ones that I, that I sort of listed out here, I, two of them jump out to me. Two of them are, I mean, they're all great games, but. Uh, two of them really stick out to me. One is this Tampa, this this Blue Jays Rays, um, AL East battle. Um, obviously the the Blue Jays are you know just kicking ass and taking names in the AL East. Uh, <clears throat> they're locked in a they're locked in a uh quite the battle with the Yankees. Um, but the Rays are the Rays are hanging around in the AL East. Um, so that one definitely sticks out to me. The other one that sticks out to me, uh, is this, is this Cardinals and, and Giants. Um, because those are two pretty surprising teams to me. Um, and again, I think we talked about this in our, it must've been our prediction episode where we talked about, uh, how the Giants were going to do depended on whether, uh, you know, how they'd bounce back from losing Buster Posey and how, um, uh, oh man, their names, the names are escaping me. Um, the Brandons, the Brandons. Thank you. I almost said the Bryans. I don't know where the hell that came from. Uh, basically we talked about how are the Giants going to bounce back from losing Buster Posey. And if the Brandons had a great series, I know a great season, Giants would be really good. Well, guess what? The Giants are really good. But the Cardinals, Carson, the Cardinals are a huge surprise. Where the hell did these guys come from? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, quite quite the shocker. I mean, I think we, uh, we, we both, I believe, had them predicted to be second in the uh, NL Central. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, they've been, you know, they've been keeping a pretty steady pace. They're two and a half games behind the Brewers. Uh, 
So they, you know, they've been keeping a pretty steady pace. Their offense has been producing still, which is good. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty cool to to see them continue to have some uh, sustained success. And let's not forget, Albert Pujols is also there. Yep, um, which I think is still, I think that goes down as the story of the year, um, at least for now. Uh, it was Pujols coming back to St. Louis. Um, but yeah, just another, you know, another great slate of games. Um, of course, if you're listening to this on Sunday, you'll be listening to this part going, well, those games already happened. Um, which is another reason you should listen the, as soon as the new episode drops on Friday. Set your notifications on Spotify. Subscribe on Spotify so you know exact so you know the minute the new episode drops. Um, your little shameless promotion there. Uh, Carson, any parting thoughts before we call it a show? Um, I guess for to kind of keep with the Mother's Day thoughts, um, not to be kind of a Debbie Downer here, but uh, I know for some people. Uh, Mother's Day can also be a tough holiday if your uh, moms or your motherly figures have passed on. Um, just know that, you know, you still matter. You're still loved. We we uh, think about you as well. Uh, hopefully you were able to find some peace on Mother's Day and hopefully we were able to make you uh, forget about the world for a little while. Oh, man. Um, well, shit. I don't know how I'm going to top that. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, though. Yeah, I mean holidays you know not just mother's day holidays can be tough um but um yeah i mean i I really can't say it any better than that um and and i think part of i mean there are there are a bunch of reasons why we do the show of course there's our love for baseball there's our love for sports um, there's our, you know, our passion and our, and the enjoyment we get out of talking about baseball, but honestly, what it really comes down to is we do this for you guys. I mean, because without you guys, we'd just be a couple of baseball nerds, you know, uh, just shouting into the void, you know, um, you guys are our fans, our supporters. You guys are the ones that make it, that make all the hard work and all the time uh, and all the dealing with the technical difficulties uh, that go into this thing. You're the ones who make it all worth it. Um, and I know, you know, we say this a lot and we sound like broken records, but thank you. Seriously. Um, we couldn't do it without you guys. Um, and um, yeah. Um, if you're looking for uh, for more stuff from us, uh, we're definitely worth a follow on Twitter at Eighth Inning Pod. That's where we post our latest updates, um, sneak previews of upcoming episodes. Uh, as soon as new episodes drop, I tweet it right out. Um, I'm actually I'm trying to be I'm trying to be more proactive on the Twitter for the show trying to post more polls and more, uh, you know, stuff like that, some more interactive stuff. So it's not just a, you know, a nonstop, you know, ad 
um, for us. So check us out on Twitter. Uh, check out our awesome website, uh, eighthinningstretch.wixsite.com slash podcast. Um, in addition to being able to listen to the show there, um, right in your browser, which is pretty cool, um, if I do say so myself, um, you can also check out Carson and I's bio pages um, and find out more, you know, more about us and what we do, uh, you know, what, what we get into and what we like to do when we're not doing the show. Um, of course, you can listen to the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms, uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, of course, being the two most prominent ones. And last but not least, please do us a favor and do our sponsors a favor and check out uh, check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com. Uh, dudes, printer dudes, dudes is spelled D double O D S. Um, they have just a ridiculous collection uh, of um, just really cool 3D printed uh, collectibles and gifts. They have, uh, I mean, they, they really, they just have everything. They have dragons, uh, they have, um, Koozies, they have all they just have all kinds of cool stuff. Just do yourself a favor and go check them out at printerdudes.se.com. Again, dudes is spelled D double O D S. Um, and for being a fan of the eighth inning stretch, you can use promo code home run. That's one word promo code home run, uh, and save 10% off your order. Whew, that's a mouthful. Um, and that's it. That's all we got for you, lovely folks. Uh, we're at the end of another show. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, of course, this episode, you know, comes out uh, on Friday the thirteenth. Oh shit! I just realized that tomorrow's Friday the thirteenth. Oh um, god, is it really? It really is. Yeah. I'm oh not no. Kidding. Yeah, I, that just occurred to me. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you say for people Friday the thirteenth? Good luck. I don't I don't even know. Um stay safe tomorrow. Uh <laughs> stay away from cracks in the sidewalk, stay away from black cats, don't walk under any ladders, don't open any, any umbrellas indoors, and I think you'll all make it through. Um and if you do make it through, guess what? We'll have another awesome episode for you on Monday. Um, because we're we're just nice like that. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been the 8th Inning Church with AJ and Carson. Carson, say goodbye to the lovely folks. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Thanks for tuning in. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at 8th Inning Pod, and visit our website at 8th Inning Stretch dot wixsite.com slash podcast.